Hello and welcome to the One Board Podcast. I am Rick White, and joining me as always is a man who smells a little bit better each and every day. It's Ryan Gutowski. How are you, Ryan? I'm good. Like a fine wine, I'm uh, getting better all the time. Yeah, is that how that's, that goes? And yeah, and you actually smell like wine, so I don't know what that means, but... <laughs> I bathe in it, so... Yeah. That's what happens yeah, it's when you... Good for the skin. When you come into a lot of money, which I, I haven't, but when you come into a lot of money, I hear you're supposed to bathe in wine, so... Yeah. That's a thing. Yeah, that seems yeah. reasonable. Yeah, it's weird well. to think that, you know, because I missed an episode, it's been like a month since we've done this now that we're doing it every two weeks. I feel, I think, I don't even know what is time, who That's are true. you, and what is this thing we call life? Well, I keep um, looking at it. I keep saying like, how is it almost six months into the year already? I feel like we were just starting the year and being like, hey, this is going to be a better year than the dumpster fire of 2020, you know? And now yeah. we're like, oh, it's halfway over. It's almost good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I'd say so far, so okay. Yeah. So far, you know. it's not the worst, you know? So we've yeah. already had the worst, so. Right, right. Anyway. Well, and you've got all these fancy extra shows that you're doing cheating on us, so you probably barely realize how oh. long it's been since we've talked. Is this the part yeah, where I, yeah. I plug our other show? So we yeah, do, yeah, so we do a, yeah. Cause we, we weren't doing the podcast when I started this, this other, we do a video podcast uh, on YouTube and Facebook live uh, with, with Isaac uh, from uh, gaming with sidekicks. So myself and Isaac, we just talk about family gaming and stuff and we do it every other Monday. And so it's been good. Like it's been cool for both of our channels to kind of, uh, we've, we've got some of the same viewers popping up and it's really cool. We just chat about games. We actually, the episode that we recorded tonight, we went live with tonight was jazz Cruz was on the show. He's, uh, with lobby of hobbies. And so super cool dude, just had a lot of fun. We talked about rolling rights for an hour. It was a lot of fun. It was neat. So. Yeah. 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 You certainly don't talk, do the exact same thing here. Um, that's fine. Um, this is just without my face showing. I really think it's not as, I don't take as much personal offense as it is. Like I understand your constant need for attention. So I'm I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) Well, so me only, only people who have been around one board family for the full, I think we're coming up on six years. Only people from the very beginning will remember this. So before Rick and I started this podcast, we actually had a video chat that we were doing and it was streaming through, uh, back in the, back then YouTube was integrated with, uh, uh, Google Hangouts. And so we would tap a Google Hangout and do a live stream from YouTube. And there were, I think there were two or three episodes that only like six people watched and that's counting me watching and you watching one time. So one time. Yeah. Just one. Oh yeah. Um, you went to your school yeah, computer, right. watched again, phone, yeah. home computer. Yeah. So I've maybe we were the, all six. You know, it, it might be true. I mean, they're still there if people want to go watch them. They're pretty, um, they're pretty rough. Like, yeah, but it was before we started. It was before we started the podcast. It was kind of like our, let's see if we can talk to each other for 30 minutes, you know, <laughs> which we could. Well, well, you know, we, we managed to pull it off. So, um, Ryan, you know, we do like to start each episode by talking about what we've been playing. So yeah. I'm going to talk about what I've been playing. How does that sound? I want to hear what you've been playing. Let me tell you all about it. So um, my senior students are wrapping or wrapped up their school years last week. Um, and uh, you have someone wrapping up high school as well. Is that correct? Yeah, this week, actually. Uh two days from now. Yep. yep. Oh snap. And so, um, I, uh, they, in some of their classes haven't been doing some stuff or they've got like study blocks and they're looking for time to kill. And I was like, Hey, you guys can come to my room and I've got a planning block. We can play board games. So I brought out skull, um, to play with them, uh, to see how they like that. I, I played, um, with some of them, I played the Pop Tarts game from Funko Pop the other day, and they oh, yeah. didn't like that one quite as much. Okay, um, I'll I'll do a 
like mini review or something like a Friday filler or something on that game. It's not bad. It's just not as it wasn't as engaging as some of the other games. They, they are huge gyrating hamster fans. I've brought that up in the past that my students love that game. Um, Well, one of them really likes to, I, I like to often accuse her of lying to me. She says she doesn't do it, but it's totally not true. Um, but um, <laughs> So I was like, let me get a game where you're allowed to lie. And so we started playing Skull, um, which is, if you follow like Shut Up and Sit Down, that that's where I heard about it. And they're huge fans of the game. It's a very basic game where you've got four, it's supposed to be a game you could play with like coasters at a bar. But um, it's got four beautifully decorated little coasters and um, three of them have flowers on one side and uh, one of them has a skull on that side. They all have the same backs. You put them down in front of you and we got everybody puts one down to start the round and then you can either add or say like a number of cards you think you can flip over without flipping over a skull, starting with your own stack. And people can you know increase the bid or whatever and if you pull it off twice you win the game very basic premise um it took them a little bit of time to kind of understand really the gist of the game but um we ended up playing the game i think nine times um over the course of that week um they kept coming back to my room to play it um and so uh, it's it was really fun it's one that um you can play with up to six players. We played it with four and then with three. And um, I think four or five is probably the sweet spot to me. Yeah. Um, but it, it's a really you know simple game. The Something that you could totally play on your own with, like if you just had stuff um, like coasters or you know cards or something like that. I mean, you could play it with like red. Everybody has red cards and then one black card yeah. if you wanted. Um, but it's very pretty, so it kind of gets people a little bit more engaged. Um, so, yeah, it's I've talked about it a lot before, but just wanted to remind people that it exists because it's basically the only thing I've been playing this month, and it was yeah. really fun. Yeah, no, Skull's super cool because, uh, so my parents were down, this was probably two years ago, we were talking about simple card games. They taught me a card game called 99, um, and then I taught them how to play uh, Shut the Box using cards and a single die, uh, the double dice, um, without actually having the Shut the Box game. Um, And we talked about just different card games that you can play just with a regular deck of cards, regular stuff laying around the house. And uh, Skull was one of the things I taught them. I taught them how to play Skull with uh, just a deck of cards and isolating, like exactly what you said, a single, one single color. And so, it, yeah, it was it was super cool. It's definitely a game that if you haven't played it, it's a lot of fun just to jump in. It's kind of like Liar's Dice. It's simple. It's silly. You play it over and over and over and over and, and people just have a fun time with it. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's sometimes we you know especially in the gaming world can overvalue the like games that require so much focus and or like so much like components and things like that and complicated rules and sometimes let's just do something simple yeah yeah sometimes those simple games are really on point like they it's just fun so yep um i wanted to talk about an abstract game that we've uh did you play garinto when we had it um this is uh, from Grand Gamers Guild. Uh, Grinto is an abstract game um, that uh, was recent, recently fulfilled as a Kickstarter. Did you play that with us? I don't think. I don't think I did. I'm Googling it right now because that's what I do during our show. Yes, yes. Um, and and purchase stuff while while you're out there, you know? Yeah, I'm well. looking at the, you know, I'm looking at the rules to 99 and also. Oh, geez, you know. I shouldn't have said anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm not giving you any more ideas. Now, Grinto is a really, really cool abstract game. I think it might quickly be becoming my one of my favorite abstract games. There are these tiles. Um, it, the setup is basically you build this like mountain, uh, it says, of these tiles. And the tiles, do you remember the game Upwards from when we were kids? Yes, I love Upwards. Upwards is so good. Um, apparently, that's coming back, actually. Uh, Spin Masters remaking Upwards. Um, oh, but Yeah, so they're, they're these, uh, like, 
uh, tiles that snap together and they just kind of sit on top of each other and they come in, uh, I think five different concentrations. And so what you do, what you're trying to do is each one actually has a pattern, uh, that it follows. So if I use the fire tile and I move the fire tile onto the board from the outside edge, um, from the outside play area into like the play area, um, I'm going to be able to collect other tiles based on the fire fire pattern. Um, And what's cool about it is that you actually have to focus on gathering the same tiles over and over in order to concentrate on that specific um, element. And Garinto is just a really, really classy game. Like it looks great on the table. It plays really well. Um, even I played it for the first time at two players last week and Aaron and I had a really good time with it. There's a deck of, uh, it's basically like this automated, uh, little deck of cards, a uh, little deck of tiles. And what you do is as a th- instead of having a third person, you flip over the tile and it tells which, uh, tile, uh, which one of the tiles to eliminate from the outside edge of the board. It worked really well. I was really impressed that it didn't like the two player game didn't feel lesser or feel like it was fixed. You know, one of my biggest, mm-hmm. one of my biggest issues and the reason why I sold Alhambra was I felt like Alhambra was, um, a game that was made for four, five, six players. And then they said, Oh, what if only two people are around? Well, let's throw in this fake player and this happens. And I feel like it's so tacked on. It's not even enjoyable. Like that's why I sold my copy of Alhambra, you know? Um, but Garinto does a great job handling two players, uh, just with this little, little tweak. And we're really enjoying it. Like I, I see that, being one of those top tier abstract games, you know, when we, when we talk about, um, Azul, we, Garinto is going to be right up there with it, you know? So, yeah. Dang. That's a heck of a statement. I, I really enjoy it. And I, I liked it when we previewed it, previewed it with the Kickstarter prototype. I really liked it. And then the final production, everything works so well. Two player modification works great. It's beautiful. Um, the what I also what I like is the scoring at during the game is different every time because you're shuffling a deck of cards and you're pulling two scoring criteria out of the deck, and that is what the scoring is for that game. Okay, so every game can be slightly different because you're score you're pulling different scoring mechanisms. You know, so really well done game. So. Um, yeah, I mean, just throwing that. in a little Alhambra hate in there, but that's okay. Um, and, well, uh, you I know, think, but. I think because I loved Alhambra, so I soured on that game. Like, I really, really liked that game, and I would still play it, but I played it multiple times with four or five people. The first time I played it with two players, it went back on the shelf and didn't come off the shelf for about a year. I don't know why. I was like, it it ruined me for it because it was such a tacked together two player modification. So, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, let it be. You know, let it not exist in two player world, and we'll just oh, play it doesn't it exist. I still got my exist. copy. I sold my copy, so I made a lady oh. in Alabama very happy. So, how nice of you. Yeah. Well, Ryan, you and I both have been playing a game as well. Um, Kind of got a, a little another fishy. peaceful, yeah, a little peaceful, chill vibe also going on here. Kohaku. Yes, yes. Kohaku, yeah, um, yeah Gold Seal Games, uh, 25th Century Games also partnered with them on distribution. Kohaku is a pretty, pretty game. I taught, uh, I put it on the list because I taught my friend how to play Kohaku this weekend. And I said, listen, nice. you need to check this out. I think you'll really like it. I put on some uh, peaceful koi pond music. It was just like a trickle and some That's really favorite genre. piano. Yeah, so koi music. Yeah. I don't Do know you if you have to go to the bathroom a lot. 
I did three times in, yeah. in 30 minutes. Yeah. Now, I don't know if it was the koi that played the piano or if it was just piano over koi swimming. I don't know what. Right. Yeah, so. Well, you can tune a piano, but you can't tune a fish. <laughs> Isn't that like the best joke in the world that's ever existed? I love it. I need to leave some room for a sigh. Yeah, just let it breathe. Let it breathe. We're waiting for the laughter to stop. <laughs> Pause for laughter and continue. <laughs> okay, so yeah, but my friend picked up on Kahaku real easily. Um, it was a great game. I think I only beat him by 10 points, and I've played the game, you know, 10, 15 times. Um, so it's, it was a lot of fun. So tell you, you got the final copy a couple months ago. What is your feeling about it? Like seeing this, like, um, the tile, the it's real pretty. Tiles and yeah, it's real pretty. Um, it's, it's fun. It's nice to, um, you know, nice tile placement game, you know, drafting is easy. You know, it, it, there's not a ton of options on your turn, so it makes you makes it to where you can go a little bit faster. Um, there's also like so many ways to score points, and they're like most of them are equally viable. So it's not like you know if one thing gets taken off of the uh, you know the options that your whole turn is ruined. Yeah. Um, so that worked pretty well. Uh, Sarah and I played for the first time, I think, last week, and she beat me by a point. Um, and so, so it was very close. We, I thought I was going to blow her out of the water, but she had done. She did real good with the dragonflies. Um, yeah. And so, um, is there a strategy that you like bet more than another? Because I think I struggle with the. There's a butterfly. There's a scoring mechanism behind the butterflies that it scores the specific color of butterfly. The butterfly uh, matches the color of the fish and it scores it in columns and rows from where it's sitting. That's the one that always messes me up because I'm not good at using those, but I feel like I'm <laughs> really good with the baby fish with the rocks. Um, and then also the, the dragonflies. Well, I have only played it once, so no, okay. there is not a specific thing that I do yet, but um, I think it does kind of, if, if you're over strategizing that game, you're not doing it right. You know, you're just <laughs> playing that game to have a chill experience. You know, it looks pretty, you know, like you said, put on some nice peaceful music and don't overthink it. Just have a good time. Yeah. 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 Kohaku, if you haven't seen it in action, it is a beautiful game. The, the final product, uh, one of the decisions that Andrew made over at gold seal games that I super appreciate i was actually so when this came to kickstarter i actually only um funded it at the at the cardboard tile level um mm -hmm. at the time that's all the money i had to put toward this game and i was like you know what i'm just gonna have to not get those super cool acrylic tiles and stuff even though they were really impressive seeing the prototype in person um mm -hmm. but then as as they worked out the numbers as andrew worked out the numbers and everything it made more sense to to do the top end deluxe version, which has acrylic tiles that have multiple layers to them. They're beautiful on the table. They they they're really tactile, you know. Um, and when they decided to do that and say, "Listen, this lower level is going to go away. You're welcome to have a refund if you want." I went ahead and threw the extra money at it, and I'm glad I did. Um, this is a game that it, it's a little higher priced than some of the stuff that I usually buy, but it is a game that I know is going to stay in my collection for years. It's one that I'm very happy to pull out and teach somebody else. Um, it's funny because some friends of ours who they, they played the prototype, what two, almost two years ago when we had the prototype and mm -hmm. they came over to our house the week that I, it shipped to me from, from the Kickstarter fulfillment. They said, do you remember that game about collecting fish? And I was like, you mean this one that just showed up in the mail like four days ago? And they were like, yep, that's the one. They remembered playing the prototype and they loved it even like a year and a half earlier. So that's awesome. That's crazy. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. 
Well, Ryan, today we are going to jump into a topic, you know, you know, not to spend too much time looking at the past, but, you know, it's where the content is for us to discuss. Um, so we're, <laughs> we're still not into, you know, we, we haven't been able to jump into looking it forward too much at what yeah. what's coming up or that is some, you know, you've been writing a ton of previews and things on our website. So, you know, people can totally check that out. But one thing we wanted to talk about was uh, digital gaming. And we had some conversations about this um, when we first started uh, uh, in the pandemic. And, you know, about a year ago, we were, I was putting out articles that were like five best games to play you know, on Jackbox, on mm-hmm. Board Game Arena, on Yukata. And, um, but those were all things, you know, a year ago. And it just like, you know, our preferences for board games can change over time. Yeah. I would say that our preferences for digital games definitely changed over time. So kind of wanted to have a chance to look back. And now that it's been a year that we've been doing a lot of digital gaming, because I think you and I still do a relatively yeah. decent amount of, of gaming compared to, you know, before the pandemic. Um, kind of talk about what our favorite games are to play uh, digitally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we're going to give our top five um, digital play games. Um, I'm actually, I think I'm going to change. No, I'm not going to change one of mine. Never mind. So I was thinking about it. You know, if you you feel better to give an honorable mention before we start, Ryan, you totally can. Let me give an honorable mention. Similo. Um, Have you ever played Similo? No, this is. Let me, I let think me. I think it's Luma Imports, I believe. Anyway, Similo is um, it's it's uh, <clears throat> it's an interesting game because you've got this grid of uh of characters out there, and Similo comes in a couple different styles. There's like historical Similo, there's woodland creatures, there's spooky Similo, which is actually the one that got me into the game. Um, but they have a digital app that you can download. I think it's a dollar 99 and it gives a grid of characters and you are uh, basically, there's a clue giver kind of like, uh, in code names, the clue giver Mm -hmm. is saying it is like, or not like is similar to, or not similar to this card. And you show them a card. Okay. And so the digital implementation of this game is fantastic. Like I downloaded the spooky version. And since then, I think at the time I I bought it when it was 99 cent at the beginning of October, when it first came out. And since then I've bought every pack and it is great. It's a game that we play as a family. When we sit down at a restaurant, if we go out to eat or something, I will start a game of Similo. I'll be the clue giver and I'll pass the phone around and everybody's guessing and trying to basically eliminate people from the grid. I mean, characters from the grid one at a time. Uh, Similo is mm-hmm. an excellent digital game. And if you, uh, if, if games like code names and clue giving games, if that's your family style, this one's really, really good. So that's the honorable mention. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and outside of the, you know, the realm of most of the games we've got on our list here. So um, yeah. I'll start with number five and Hey, we've already talked about it. It's Alhambra. Yes. Um, I played Alhambra on Yukata a lot. No, not on, on Yukata on what's the other one. Um, what uh, I think it's French. That certainly sounds French. No, I, um, I used to take French in college. You. I played it with you. We also, well, right. Well, it's also on um, BGA now. Um, Did, is that so? That is yeah, what. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, uh, but Waterju was like it's like a it's kind of like Yukata. It's the you know the interface is not as good. Yeah. Um, I played just pretty much Alhambra and um, Brussels 1893, I think is the year that they have on it. I played those two games on that, and that's the only ones I played. But uh, now it's on BGA. It's much better there. Um, But there's something about, like, like I prefer... I don't know what my preference is for games that I play digitally, um, but that is one that I I enjoy. Um, 
you know, one thing about Alhambra, and, and this sounds like a really like petty, I don't know, uh, complaint, but there are so many cards in that game. Um, yeah. And they, <laughs> when, I, the, when I first got my copy used, uh, all of the money cards had been sleeved. And um, okay, yeah. it was like the most gigantic stack I had ever seen in my <laughs> life. Um, but um, like, I don't know, that just makes it, I guess, work a little bit simpler. I don't know. I just really enjoy the digital interface of it. Um, it's a game that I have fun with. I think that it's got multiple strategies and I don't know, it's simple. I guess it's hard for me to describe exactly why I like it, but I really have enjoyed playing it um, digitally, and it's not like I want to play it every night, yeah. like some of the other th- games on this list, but every now and then I'm like, hmm, I think I'll play Alhambra. So yeah, maybe I'll Alhambra, start while you, we continue the list. That's funny. Alhambra digitally, I really enjoy, yeah. So, And I I think uh, you and myself and Adrian and Bob, we, we played it uh, a couple months ago, and yeah, it, it's good. I enjoy the digital implementation of Alhambra. So um, I'm going to go, my number five is Potion Explosion. And the reason why is the digital version of Potion Explosion on my phone is really fun. And it's one of the few games that my my oldest daughter, my 17-year-old daughter, she will play that 100% of the time. She actually asks to play that on my phone. Um, and then the BGA implementation, uh, Board Game Arena has a version, and it plays really well. Um, Aaron and I play uh, played a couple times um, just to, as we're laying down for the night, playing on a device. And uh, she ends up beating me, of course, but... Uh, potion explosion no matter where you find it uh digitally potion explosion is a lot of fun to play um and yeah yeah, so yeah it's i mean there's certainly something missing without the clicky clacky of all the marbles yeah um but that's a game that i taught um my friends carrie and jennifer uh when i was first trying to get them uh hooked on bga uh that was one of the games i taught them and I found out like a week later that they had gone back and were playing each other in that game. I was like, that's awesome. Nice. I've that's converted cool. you. Ha 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 ha. So ah, that's a good one. That's cool. Um, number four. Is it bad that I've lost my list? I don't know where it went. Number Brian, four. Tell me my your, number four while I find it. Your number four is Splendor. Splendor. Splendor just came to BGA not that long ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Splendor is a game that um, was my favorite game for a while. Yep. Um, and then games like Century Spice Road and Space Explorers, um, I liked those games better. And so I actually have given, I've sold my copy of Splendor. Really? Um, but then I jumped onto, um, you know, the BGA version and started playing with people. Um, and it kind of renewed my affection for that game. I still think I like century spice road more. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and I compare that and I throw those out there because they're comparable games. Um, their mechanics are pretty similar. Yeah. Um, but, um, I think splendor has just to me is a, I don't know. It's, it's a pretty fun game. It allows for some good strategy. Um, I've found that I'm not very good at it. Um, people keep beating the pants off of me in uh, in some of the games I've been playing. But yeah. um, it's one that I think I'll probably... I don't know if it's one that I'll keep playing over and over again, but I think I'm in a bit of a Splendor, like on a bit of a Splendor kick right now. Nice. And so um, we'll be playing a few more rounds of that over the next uh, couple of uh, couple of weeks. Yeah, and maybe if you need, a, if you need something fresh about it, you maybe pick up the uh, Marvel copy of Splendor, you know, some yeah, little yeah, adjustments. Yeah, pretty fancy. Yeah, little adjustments, really cool art. Um, so that's also available. So it, that's yeah. actually, we don't own a copy of Splendor. Uh, pretty much all of our friends own a copy, but we don't mm-hmm. own a copy. But if I were to get one, I'd probably get the Marvel version just because nobody right. else around me has that. So, ooh, what right. are we drinking? And you got to be fancy and different. What, yeah. you say? What, are, what are we drinking? Who's sponsoring this episode? Yeah, my, of the podcast? my throat's my my throat's dry. I didn't want to start hacking and coughing on you. I'm drinking uh, Arizona Arizona Arnold Palmer Light, half iced tea, half lemonade. That's a good one. That's a good choice. I like it because so. it tastes like the old um, brisk iced tea. Yep. That was totally yep. never iced tea. It just tasted like essentially a lemonade. 
Yeah. Ice tea. It's it's iced tea. It's iced tea uh, colored. So that's about it. So uh, my number four is Boomerang Australia. Um, I can't remember if it's you or Bob who taught me how to play Boomerang Australia. I think it was Bob. It was Bob. Okay. So this is a flip and write game that is, I think it was out of print actually when it went to BGA. Um, It's since then it's been, I think a new print uh, run with a new company, but it's a really cool flip and write game. And I think that I enjoy the management, the way that uh, BJ handles the management of like keeping track of what cards you've taken and checking off and making X's on the pad of paper that you would normally have. The management on BJ is so seamless and it, it takes care of all the little tedious things that you would do in the game, which is not very tedious. It's just one of those things that it does it really well. And I mm-hmm. couldn't, I don't know that I'm going to own a copy of that game because I really right. enjoy how it plays digitally. And so Boomerang yeah. Australia is one that definitely worth checking out. Yeah. It's another one that I've played with, um, with people that are not as experienced in yep. gaming and they really like it. So absolutely. Yep. It's very approachable. Um, my number three is Luxor, which mm-hmm. I played for the first time at origins 2019. Same um, uh, it, I don't know, like something about it, like really works for me digitally. Um, it's involves you exploring a tomb. And so you've got, you start off with two little meeples that are exploring the tomb. And as you get deeper, you get more meeples. I don't know, like thematically, how does that work, Ryan? Like more people join your, your, your excavation or you found their dead bodies inside the tomb. Tell me what that means. um, So I'm thinking it's two things. Either one, you radio them in. So at the different points, you radio in your, your buddies to come in to join you in the tomb. Yeah. We're going to need your help guys down here. Yeah. Or you do some kind of weird resurrect thing and that's like you take their dead bodies reanimate. Yeah. So it's one of those I am back after thousands of years of death. What do you need me to do? I need you to help dig up this thing. I want you to go stand on the space. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But you move deeper into this thing, you collect treasure and there's just so many different ways to get points that there's a bunch of different strategies. Um, And each time I play, I I feel like I'm digging more and more into the strategy. It's one of those that like, I'm not really, because I spend so much time trying to teach rules and help people learn games and I'm also definitely part of the cult of the new where I want to always be learning a new game. Yeah. Um, I don't usually get very good at games, um, but I've gotten pretty good at Luxor online. Um, and it's fun to kind of think about in that game, like different strategies to take, like, yeah. you know, deciding, do I want to, you know, really go treasure heavy or like, am I gonna, it's fun to sometimes like finish a game really fast like how, just take two people and just sprint for the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And so like other people may have been taking this strategy where that takes some time to build up and you're like, Nope, you don't have time to do that. I beat you. Um, so it's been really interesting to think through the strategies of that game, but um, I won't talk too much more about it. I'll, I'll save it just in case like you seem to like it or something. I don't know. Absolutely. Um, so I think yeah. my, my, my top three games all deal with the management of resources and like how the, how the digital version handles all the fiddly things that happen in the game. So for my number three, I've got lost ruins of Arnok. Um, I've played lost ruins on BGA three times and I've played it in person one time. Love the experience. All every one of the times I've, I've played it. I've loved it, but there, the setup, and everything else, like when you can jump into a game of Lost Ruins of Arnok and be done in an hour, and you don't have to worry about cleanup, putting everything in bags, finding a space for it, putting all things in one bag and all the tiles and everything else, separating out the decks. It's kind of nice, you know? It's, it's kind of <laughs> nice. That's actually, you know, when Aaron and I played it, we played it with Bob a couple weeks ago, and I don't know if we'll own the game because the digital version does a really good job of it and people around us have it. So we'll probably borrow it, 
but I like it's tedious to put away, you know? So it's kind of like, yeah. it's kind of like the reason why fireball Island doesn't come to the table a whole lot is because set up breakdown, trying to fit it back into the box and realizing you never get it right, you know, takes a little bit of time. And so, so, <laughs> and so Lost Ruins yeah. Arnark, that's why it's on this list because the digital version is so good, you know, it, that's probably how we'll play most of the time. Well, and I like, um, you know, it's, it kind of reminded me and we played it after, but I think, you know, you, it was playable beforehand, but it reminded me of Darwin's journey. You remember that me and Bob played They hit Kickstarter Absolutely. January. Yep. And we um, uh, went in for the deluxe, deluxe version. So I'm super fancy. excited about seeing that. Yep. Yeah. Well, and like that idea of like, um, so many different paths to do things and the overlapping of like all the different stuff. Um, Lost Ruins kind of reminds me of that where I still like, I think I've, I'm with you. I think I've played three times. So similar to you, but I still don't know like what strategy I need to use. If yeah. that makes sense. Like yeah. there's a lot going on in that game and trying to figure out exactly what is the best way to, you know, I've been, like the few games I've played, I've tried to go like really research heavy, but I think one thing I don't super love about Lost Ruins is this is the little bit of luck that can still happen where if you have a bad hand of cards yeah. versus like like in Darwin's Journey, you know, everything you kind of planned for is rolling up with you. So it's mm-hmm. never like, you, you know, something like that much of the game is out of your hands um, yeah. and not being able to get to as many cards as I want in lost ruins as like makes it feel almost not really like a deck builder, but mm-hmm. more like, like it's the deck builder to me in the loosest sense of the word, you know, yeah. because you, you kind of get to the cards, but you might see them like twice in the whole game. And that doesn't feel very deck buildery. Yeah, with all the times I've played it, I'm glad that I don't have a way to spam a strategy because mm-hmm. it, it uh, there, you know, it, going exploring, getting points for uh, defeating the monsters and stuff like that, or going up the research track, stuff like that. And, and I feel like Darwin's Journey is very similar. I actually like Darwin's Journey, journey slightly more than Lost Ruins. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I click with that, like the board set up a little more. And um, mm-hmm. so anyway, but it, I'm glad that I don't know the perfect way to play it because it keeps me coming back to it so that I can play it again, try something mm-hmm. new, try a different track, try, you know, maybe I need to collect more cards. Maybe I need to cycle through things. Maybe I need more artifacts. So I don't know. Right. I, I'm enjoying it though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my number two is Welcome to New Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, you know, I have never actually... I don't know that I've played it in person. Like, I think I've only played it digitally. I have not. Um, but it, trans, it translates really well digitally. Yep. Um, uh, and it's crazy. Um, I think me, you, and Bob got on a kick of playing that a few times in the we summer. Did. Yep, yep. Um, and then I went back to regular Welcome to... And it almost felt like it felt so different and like, so like welcome to new Las Vegas is, I mean, if, if you aren't familiar with welcome to a flip and write, you know, you flip over three cards, it allows you to do different things on a board. Um, Welcome to new Las Vegas is like the gamers version of that. And that there's so much more that you can do with strategy and planning and adjusting your turns to fit the way that you want them to do mm-hmm. to the way you want them to go. Um, like it was, it was tough for me to find as much enjoyment and regular welcome to after playing so much new Vegas um, yeah. or new Las Vegas, um, new Vegas being a fallout game, very different. Um, <laughs> but, but um so yeah, that's you, one that I really enjoyed last summer and I, I, you know, bringing it back up and it's one I probably, I, I feel like I, after this podcast, I'm going to play like all of these games again and stay up to like way too yeah. late. So you said, you said something last year that I completely disagreed with when you said it, you said that fallout 
uh, Vegas was Vegas was your favorite game of 2020, and you think it was one of the best games released. I completely disagreed at the time, and it's not that I agree now, but I didn't even have it on my list of the top ten. I think that it deserves that top ten position. Because you're right, it does feel weird going back to, because if I play, you know, Welcome to Vegas and then play Welcome to right after, it does feel like something's missing. Even though I Mm -hmm. still think Welcome to the base game is still one of the best flipping rights, one of the best planning games out there or available just because it's so accessible. But you're right, it is the gamer's version of that that style game. There's a lot more mm-hmm. options. There's a lot more tracks. There's a lot more to pay attention to, you know? So it's, it's almost like this. It, it's almost like this tier of welcome to, and then welcome to Vegas and then fleet the dice game. You know, it's kind of, it's yeah. almost like the beginner intermediate professional, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like, I certainly wouldn't start somebody with welcome to, uh, new Las Vegas. I think no, you, yeah. you need to start with welcome to let them experience that. And it's like, Oh, you've enjoyed this. Well now let's take it, you know, let's take it up a notch. And then you try new Las Vegas. Cause there's definitely a lot more to pay attention to. Um, I will tell yeah, you that. I mean, it's tons of fun. One, one of the things that BGA. So this is, a, this is a side effect of, of playing the game digitally. I don't think that I could play, welcome to Vegas uh, on a pad and pen. I don't think I could. And the reason why is there were so many little things that the computer takes care of that are automated through BGA that I didn't Mm -hmm. even realize were happening, you know? Right. And so I think I would have to relearn the game if I played it in person. Yeah, it would be a lot harder. It's a lot harder to keep up with everybody kind of staying on track with everything, I think. Um, yes. There's definitely an added um, benefit of it being digital. I would agree. Yep. So my number two is Dice Forge. Dice Forge is an excellent game that has a lot of pieces. And if you have ever jostled the box while the pieces are not secured, you know that Dice Forge can be a little bit of a pain in the butt. Um, I have <laughs> dropped I have dropped that palette of uh, dice faces before. Holy sounds, mackerel. It's very sad. Yeah, it was real bad. I really enjoy Dice Forge, but when with all the fiddly pieces and things like that, it it's kind of nice playing Dice Forge in a digitally experience digital experience like BGA because it handles all that stuff. You don't have to pack it back in the box. You don't have to worry about, oh, did I get everybody's cards, sort the cards, put them in the slots. Cleanup's awesome because there is none. Um, so Dice Forge is a great <laughs> digital implementation of a really good game. So, Yeah. 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 Um, I, I learned Dice Forge through BGA, and you and I have played it several times. Yep. Um, surprisingly entertaining at just two people. Um, I thought yeah, it was going to be yeah. terrible, but at two people, it's not bad. It is. Um, it is good. So, yeah. Yeah. My number one is Can't Stop. Um that is probably no surprise to you. Um, yeah. Can't stop. I've played. Hold on. Let me double check the numbers here. Oh, my goodness. It's um, going to be so high. View in my game history. Well, you know, so for people that don't know Board Game Arena, um, one of the kind of cool elements is if you have 500 games that you've played, if you play 500 games on the platform, you have access to being an alpha to playing alpha games. So games that are in testing that not everybody has access to. Well, um, Bob got there really fast. Um, and so it through nefarious means. Um, but um, I was like, I want to do that too, but I want to do it in a fun way. Um, so I just played Can't Stop over and over again. Um, and I have 285 games of Can't Stop that I've played wow. on BGA, which is a lot. My next one is Seven Wonders, which is at 40 games. So wow. uh, I play Can't Stop a lot, but Can't Stop is a basically a very, it's the most basic like pressure luck game that you can have. You roll two dice, you figure out, or four dice, sorry, figure out all the combinations. Um, 
and then you move up on uh, a track uh, on two, one or two of the numbers based on what you roll. And the first person to move up all the way on the track for three numbers wins. Uh, you know, if you ever roll numbers, you're doing three numbers at a time on any turn. If you ever roll a roll where you can't move on any of those three numbers, you lose all your progress. It's a really fun, basic push-your-luck game. You know, it takes you about five minutes to play. Uh, and it's really entertaining. It's, it's, I enjoy it thoroughly. Yeah, yeah. It is, uh, Can't Stop is one of those... You've got a couple minutes, you want to play something, end of the day, just silly throwaway game. Definitely can't stop is the one to go to. So I've I've enjoyed playing it. It's uh, I taught Aaron how to play it a couple weeks ago, and she was like, we got into it, and I beat her a couple times in a row. And I think we were like, okay, that's that's enough. So it was pure <laughs> luck. It was like I've had I've had games of can't stop where you just throw the dice and it's like, Oh, nothing. Okay. I'm done. Oh, yeah. I can't do anything. Well, and it's another it one it where my ranking, my ranking is not too bad in that game. Okay. Um, and, uh, so there's a little bit of strategy involved, but there's certainly games that you can lose, um, without like, like where you really couldn't have done much about it. Kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, my number one game is Luxor. Um, we just played, I haven't played Luxor since in person, since we played in uh, at Origins in 2019. I think that was the year it was released. Um, I got to play it when Bob started, uh, when we all got vaccinated and Bob came over and we had a game night. Um, he brought his copy of Luxor along with an expan- a couple expansions and we played the setup of the game takes a few minutes. The breakdown of the game takes a few minutes. Calculating everything takes a few minutes. Remembering a rule about something. It's the digital implementation of Luxor is fantastic. It's the go-to game for Aaron and I when we're settling in for the night. If we're not watching TV or something, we'll bust open. We'll I'll take out the iPad and we'll take out the computer and we will play Luxor against each other. Plays really fun at two players. It's really competitive mm-hmm. and it's it's one of our favorite games digitally to play. So yeah. Yeah. And it's like you really can fly through it like in like less than fifteen minutes if you're two players and you're not yeah. goofing around. Yeah. Like it doesn't really take all that much time. Yeah, we, we do 15, 20 minutes and if if one of us is like, nah, I don't like those results, we'll we'll uh basically stick it to the other person and say rematch. So um mm-hmm. but yeah, it's it's fun. It it gets really competitive with Aaron and I. Um because I'll I'll start running toward the sarcophagus and just to try to push her to make certain decisions, hoping that she messes up or she skips over something. And then I'll, I'll back off the sarcophagus and not go in yet. It's uh it's really fun. So Luxor is definitely yeah. one on BGA. If you haven't played it already, Luxor is really fun. It's a really good one. Yeah. So, yeah. If there's any games out there that as our listeners are, you know, sitting there screaming, what about, what about, what about, yeah. you know, let us know about them. Maybe we haven't played them as much. I mean, I've played, Let's see. Like I said, 747 games played, and of the different numbers of games, it's a whole lot. Um, but uh, I'm trying to see if I can look that up quickly. Um, I'd say it's at least 40 games that I've played, maybe yeah. closer to 50. That's good. Um, yeah, I've I've probably played 30 different games. Uh, I'm not. Yeah. 25, 30. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. Um, there's a lot of stuff out there that we still haven't checked out on there. Um, you know, if you're interested in playing games with us on BGA, let us know. We're on there sometimes, uh, and we'd love to have you join us and play some games. Yep. And, uh, we have a discord, uh, one board family discord channel. So, uh, every once in a while we'll, we'll throw it out and be like, Hey, we're playing something. So, uh, if you yeah. would like to, uh, jump in our discord, just shoot us a message on one of our social channels. We'll throw, throw you the link to the discord channel. So, uh, yeah. Certainly. Hey Rick, thanks for uh, making time and doing this podcast with me. I appreciate it. So, Hey, no, thank you, Ryan. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Hey, I got, uh, so I found dill pickle flavored popcorn. 
And I think to commemorate the recording of this episode, I think I'm going to go try that after, after we finish. That sounds like a good plan. I don't really understand the connection, but I, I think it sounds like a good plan. I was just thinking about it. Like I'm, I'm like 20 feet from the kitchen. And so I was like, yeah, you know what? When I finish this, I get a big glass of water and a handful of dill pickle popcorn. See if it's in. Well, I think I'm going to play Welcome to New Las Vegas. So, you know, that makes sense. Fun times. Very cool. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Well, if you haven't checked us out on social media, we are at One Board Family everywhere across the internet. Uh, and if you haven't subscribed to us on YouTube, you can check out youtube.com slash One Board Family, where every other Monday we do a show called The Game Chat with myself and Isaac of. Uh, uh, gaming with sidekicks. Uh, we have guest guest hosts every other week, um, every other uh, episode. We also do Friday night fight most Friday nights, uh, which is our unmatched uh, series that we do. And uh, we've actually got some new video content coming uh, that was only delayed because I sliced a chunk of my thumb off, and I don't think that would make for a very good close up board game component shot. So once that heals up. <laughs> Once I he- once that heals up, I'll actually Can you record. Please have these like uh, like stunt double hands. Just like oh, yeah. pretend that it's your hands, but it's really Kendall's hands. Well, Isaac was telling me gloves because honestly, like just put gloves on and wear gloves throughout the whole thing. That would be uh, very suspicious. Yeah, like w- maybe one suspicious. time could be like golf. You know what? Each each video could be a different type of glove. You know, I don't think I want to, I don't want to be part of the channel that it has the glove guy. I don't yeah. think that's what I want to well, be. Who else, who else is doing it? You know, no one. And there's a lot of reasons out. why that's true. So this one's with gardening gloves. This one's with mechanics gloves. This one's with this like idea. the ones, uh, the ones with the fingertips cut off, so like much. weightlifting oh gloves. Ones. Isn't that how we got into this problem in the first place? That's actually how it. No. Uh, so, and then another one, maybe boxing gloves. Like maybe you it's know. a dexterity. Maybe I'm trying to play a dexterity game with boxing gloves. You're not allowed to talk to Isaac anymore. So oh. good. <laughs> this is a really good idea. Mink, mink coated gloves. Some, oh, some look, now you're going to get PETA after us. What are you trying uh, to do to us? Yeah. Yeah. Some, some really fancy gloves, some lace ones, you know? Oh my gosh. Maybe, maybe that. I if you'd know. like to uh, recommend different types of gloves, please check out our Twitter. And <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, find us all over the place at one board family and visit us at one board Rick, until next time, we'll see you at the table with no gloves. Punchboard Media, where we all bring something to the table. Pull up a chair at punchboardmedia.com.